Thanks for listening to Last Call Confessions. This podcast is intended for adult audiences, and there may be language or references that some listeners may find disturbing. Guest views are their own and not necessarily reflective of the Last Call Confessions team. Discretion is advised. Welcome to this episode of Last Call Confessions. I'm one of your hosts, Austin Rieger, and I'm joined by Lauren Serenko and Dave Erner. Today we are sitting down with local restaurant owner, Rosé Lover, and life of the party, Shane Seaman. An avid golfer with the mouth of a sailor, Shane has a unique way of doing things and has definitely thrown some massive parties over the course of his career. Welcome, Shane. We can't wait to chat with you and hear more because we know you are not shy. Thanks for having me, guys. First things first, let's get started and play a quick game of rapid fire. All right, Shane, this is about uh, would you rather, Yeah. really simple, would you rather ice cream or Slurpees? Ice cream. Would you rather Hawaiian pizza or pepperoni? Pepperoni. Would you rather take a body shot off of me, Dave Erner, or Mr. Austin Rieger? Uh, I'm going to go with Erner. Oh. Austin's belly rather... button would hold too much booze. <laughs> God, you could, you could fill that up and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a party waiting to happen. It'd be like a highball. Uh, would you rather not shower for a week or not brush your teeth for a week? Uh, not shower for a week. Pickleback shot or tequila? Tequila. Rev or Smirnoff Ice? <laughs> you have to ask. Rev. <laughs> <laughs> we got to bring Rev back. I know. Shane, would you rather have your parents walk in on you having sex or your daughter? Oh, my parents for sure. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke for sure. What kind? <laughs> The drinkable kind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather no thumbs or no toes? No toes. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, McDonald's or A&W? Actually, I'm going to say A&W. Really? Yeah. Good call. That's I where I'm at too, that. 100%. Yeah. Well, Shane, thank you for coming on today. Uh, we just want to get to know a little bit more about you. So how did you get your start in the hospitality industry? And where have you worked along the way? Um, so I got my start, literally, I was in grade eight, I think it was, and a buddy of mine had an older brother who was working at uh, a restaurant called The Corkscrew, and that turned into the original Earl Southport, and they needed busboys, so I literally went to the bay and bought the most ridiculous outfit, so I bought, you know, those shirt and tie combos that you buy in one piece, it was like a skinny leather tie with matching suspenders, and like some triple pleated Don Johnson uh, Miami Vice pants, and so I cruised down to The Corkscrew, got hired that night, and then about uh, six months after that, the corkscrew turned into the first Earls in Calgary. And then that, that sort of led to my extended career with Earls. I was with Earls for almost 14 years. Wow. Working at, uh, you know, at the Southport location for 10 or 11 years and then uh, managing Earls Tin Palace for three or four. So that was, and that, and then that led into my Penny Lane experience because there was this really odd looking man coming in in yellow track suits with frosted tips and gold chains that drove like a, a, a beat up 1982 Porsche. And he was, uh, I guess, Mr. Paul Vickers at the time coming in to uh, have lunch while he was opening up Cowboys at the time. So that's where I first met Paul was Tin Palace. And then about a year or two after they had opened uh, first Cowboys and then the drink, he approached me to uh, him and Mike Joseph did to come and uh, manage uh, Kaylee's. And then that turned into 12 years with Penny Lane as a managing partner. And then uh, 
After that, I went to Vintage Group and was vice president of Vintage Group for a couple of years. And then for the last nine, I've been partnered with a, a good high school buddy of mine. We bought a restaurant uh, called Philos down in Deer Run. And uh, that's sort of been what I've been up to for the last uh, nine years. So nice. I got to give a little plug to Philos for you because you know I'm a fan of the restaurant. You are one of my my, my best customers, Austin. I appreciate and that. It is my, uh, my favorite pizza in the city of Calgary by far. Yeah. And uh, one of the best pizzas I've ever had. Your sauce. Yeah. No, we've got some great pizza. We're deep Southeast though. So if you don't, if you're not coming to see me, you're not just popping by. You got to pack a lunch if you're, if you're coming from anywhere else in town. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Shane, I want to hear more about what the industry was like back in the day, how things changed over the years, obviously since grade eight, it's changed quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. For the better, well, for the worse, what's different? I'll tell you what, I mean, I've been fortunate when, when you guys asked me to come on this, I was sort of thinking back upon, all my time and I've been pretty fortunate to, to have had sort of two or three of like the you you want to call them sort of magic moments or not magic moments but where you've got a, a location and a group of people that it's like just you know it just clicks right and that was what happened at the first Earls in Southport we ended up having a, a crew of about probably 20 of us that have all gone on to great things in the restaurant industry uh Darren Hamlin who owns Escoba Brian West and Karen Johnson that own Vicious Circle <clears throat> um we had, you know, probably about 12 or 14 people that went on to own and operate their own businesses from that core group of people that we started with. And then after moving on to Earlston Palace, where that was sort of the hotspot, if you can imagine an Earl's that we literally had to have doormen uh, at the lounge entrance to keep people out on Friday happy hours because it was just too busy. And uh, that was a good run. And then moving forward to obviously Penny Lane, where we had, you know, Kaylee's Cowboys, you know, probably the busiest pub in the country and the busiest nightclub in the country back to back for multiple years. So I've been pretty fortunate to uh, experience probably some of the, the, the biggest and best venues that you can think of when it comes to Calgary, at least in the, in the food and, and entertainment biz. But yeah, going back to when I first started, I mean, I can remember as, as a young busboy back in the day, and this is how old I am, that the bars would close at one o'clock, but the restaurants could stay open till two. So we used to have doormen that would come at midnight and they'd have to handle all the drunks coming from ranchmen's and all the bars up and down McLeod Trail to get their last couple of drinks in at an Earl's restaurant. And I'm talking like there'd be brawls in the restaurant, you know, cops showing up every weekend. I mean, it's just not what you think Earl's would be like now, of course, that you can't even fathom that, right? One thing that's really changed too is sort of the, it used to be the Wild West, meaning we would serve, and I, I know this because I was underage too, but you could get served if you had your parents' credit card or offered the waiter a big tip you could get served if you were 15, 16 years old. And, and there was no, you know, <clears throat> no real regard for the true sort of rules of the, of the business at the time. And so, you know, I've seen that definitely change over, over the course of the last 25, 30 years. I mean, there's a lot more liability issues now. And uh, yeah, so, but I mean, <clears throat> I will say this is that having worked at multiple different types of venues, be it pubs, bars, nightclubs, et cetera, is that uh, I think the people are what's made Calgary so special in terms of some of the places I worked at. Uh, you, I mean, there were other earls in the city or other other cities that had earls, et cetera, but I think the people have sort of been what's made my experiences so great in the uh, restaurant bar biz, for sure. So Kaylee's was home to the original rooftop patio in Calgary. Yeah. And it was always packed. What are your always. thoughts? Really? I, mean, yeah. I, never, I would never want it. Well, yeah. I, I was too young. Yeah. What are your fondest memories from those parties? Well, I mean, we used to do some crazy stuff there. Like we, a couple summers in a row, we had a rooftop concert series. So I remember that, that we actually were, were, we hosted the last concert for Doug and the Slugs. So Doug from Doug and the Slugs had 
cirrhosis of the liver. He was drinking a, a bottle of Jack a day. And I'll never forget, he couldn't get up the stairs to, to, to the patio because they were too steep. So Red Dog from CJ92 had to carry him in his arms like a baby and carry him up the stairs. And I mean, we literally thought that some of their songs that, that, that people of my generation would remember, the, the, the rooftop patio felt like it was gonna cave in, like the, the floor, because we built that on, on some steel beams. So it sat about two or three feet off the actual roof itself. And it was like swaying, like I thought the, the, the patio was gonna fall down into the pub at, at some points during that concert. But yeah, so I mean, that rooftop patio was kind of a special spot because you could show up any night of the week around five o'clock by yourself and within 10 minutes, know two thirds of the people in there and just join a table. And, and it was sort of the hub for downtown corporate Calgary for probably eight or nine years. So it was, uh, it was, I mean, and there were some, you know, challenges with that roof. We called it a, a mini zoo because I think there were about 200 pigeons and mice living underneath that patio who were feasting on all the food and stuff that dropped. So yeah, we would have to send down exterminators on a regular basis. And there were some challenges to it, but it was, it was definitely other than, other than the West patio, which was not quite the same. It didn't have the character that the Kaylee's one did, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty special time where, where you had, you know, you could be giving free drinks down at the Met or, or, or some of our competitors, but from May till September, no one would go because they wanted to be on that rooftop patio at Kaylee's. And I can remember two, you know, they guys with the oil patch guys in the day, they, their idea of a work day was coming for lunch, having a bunch of beers, going back to the office at four o'clock and turning their computer off. And I can remember literally having to give guys umbrellas so they could hide their face from the, 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 the uh, tower across from us where you guys are now, your head offices. And because they didn't want their boss to see them sitting on the rooftop patio all afternoon. So, yeah. You're busted that way. I'm sure lots of people. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. I love Lauren's face when you talk about like all the mice and the pigeons and stuff living on oh, yeah. like Looks horrified. And I'm imagining her right now at the original ninth and fifth Cowboys jumping on the dance floor when about a foot of water would squirt out from under the floorboards yeah, and oh yeah. soak your legs. Yeah. The water, the water would gush up from the bottom of the plywood. Yeah. Why? The, flo the floor would wear out. The floor was so worn out and we yeah. would just put plywood on it and drill it right into the concrete. <laughs> and that's, you'd replace that plywood after it would rot. Yeah. And, and that, that's just the way. It wasn't even just water. It was like old warm stale beer from draft night. And I mean, it was a collection. Yeah. Oh yeah, you go home in the bottom foot of your pants would be just soaking wet. Like Shane, maybe maybe tell our listeners or, or talk to talk to us a little bit about um, smoking in the bars and the restaurants back in the day. Because for people, you know, yeah. listeners like Lauren here, Lauren never got to experience any of that. Yeah. And for us, that we worked in in the industry and we we dealt with it on a daily and nightly basis. Yeah, it was you know, it was a it, challenge. It, I mean, what's what's I mean, I don't miss that being a non-smoker at all in the least but uh i mean the problem was the 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 city was sort of rolling out these new rules and guidelines and they didn't put much thought into it so there was a, a one year was one year or two year window at kaylee's where you couldn't smoke on the rooftop patio but you could go inside and smoke inside which made no sense to us whatsoever so yeah so you'd have to leave the nice outdoor rooftop patio and then go down to this you know lower level where it was, you know, a 10 foot roof and just, you know, hundreds of people in there. And that's where you could smoke. So it was challenging. And then you'd always, of course, bust people trying to smoke on the patio. And uh, I my dry cleaning bills dropped dramatically once you, you couldn't smoke because, I mean, you, you'd have to take your clothes off at the end of the night and just chuck them in the bag and, and take them the next day because they just reek. Dear Last Call Confessions, this one night when I was out partying, well, you get the idea. 
If you're listening and thinking to yourself that you have some crazy stories you would love to share, make sure to send us a DM at Last Call Confessions on Instagram. And your story could be featured on our new Dear Last Call Confessions segment in an upcoming episode. If you know your story needs to be heard but would rather not take the credit, don't worry. We're fine with keeping it anonymous too. So what are some of your craziest parties um, stories from places you have worked? Um, parties that I've been to or that we've had. I mean, I've got some of both. I mean, I can remember one where Dave was with me. We, we went to Formula One in Montreal oh. and uh, we were with Red Bull. And so we were there for about four days and people were throughout the four days, all, are you going to the after party? Are you going to the after party? And we were like, we think so. And so the Red Bull guy surprised us. And of course we went and it was like security, like none other I've seen for a party. Like we pulled up in our buses and limos and you had to show your ID. There were three girls there with uh, computers, making sure everything was accurate. You're on the list that your ID matched who you were, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you walked in and they had brought in, you know, I think probably five or six restaurants to do the food, but they weren't just Montreal restaurants. They were like, I think French Laundry from Napa Valley was there. It was like some of the world-class restaurants in North America where they're doing food. They had tattoo chairs where you could actually get a tattoo at the party if you wanted. Um, and then, uh, you know, all the Cirque du Soleil performers there. It was a joint party with, uh, from Guy Laberté, the owner of Cirque du Soleil, as well as the owner of Red Bull put this party on. So all the uh, Cirque du Soleil performers were roaming around on stilts and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'll never forget, this gong goes off and everyone goes, and this was at the training center for Cirque du Soleil. So it was a huge airplane hangar type of building. And all of a sudden projected along the side of the building is this video of uh, the Cirque du Soleil performers. You know how they go down on, on like the uh, curtains or whatever, and they sort of curl their legs around and do acrobatics and stuff like that. And while that's showing on the, on the side of the building, the actual same performers are doing it live as well down the side of the building. So everyone's watching this. As that's happening, these big buses pull up and like 20 hot girls at a time go walking by everyone. And I'm saying not just one or two buses, like probably 15 or 20, like 300 women all walk into this airplane hangar. And then they finish the, uh, finish the little show and all of a sudden these lights come on and I look behind me and there's a terraced hillside with about 100 beds on it and I'm like that's weird and I would find out what that was for later in the party of course but uh all of a sudden we all go walking in and the airplane hangar is all decked out with uh these cushions that are sort of shaped like tetris pieces so there's like little spots where it's like 10 feet tall two feet tall whatever and the 300 women are in there in various states of undress um so and the party just escalated from there I mean, I can remember it was like five or six in the morning in Montreal and my daughter was going to school. So I said, I had to call her to say, you know, good, good, good luck at school or whatever. And I was doing a shooter with Michael Schumacher, uh, Sheldon Saray from the Montreal Canadians. And uh, I can't remember who else, some other sports. I think it was Ronnie Cycli, a center for the Miami Heat at the time. And I'm like, guys, I got to leave for a second. So I went, called my daughter and then looked up onto that terraced field of beds. And there were... uh, how shall I say, several couples going at it up there. So it was just a hedonistic party. Like it was like anything you can think of, there were midgets, there were people on stilts, there were, yeah, it was out of control, out of control. I mean, I don't know how graphic I can get on this podcast, but there, there were some things that I saw that, that, that even being a man of the world like myself, I was like, wow, I've never seen that before. Yeah, like there, there, I, saw, I saw a female midget cross-country skiing with two men. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, you, I'll you guys still. I'll explain that to you later, Lauren. <laughs> <He's spit laughs> roasting, eh? No, no. Like, 
thought. Shane, maybe you can maybe you can confirm this. That that, that was a, just a totally extravagant party. It was over the top. Yeah. Um, the the so-called small people walking around with trays. Now, yeah. now, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but were they not walking around with trays of like ecstasy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Any kind of pill you wanted, you could get there. Oh, for sure. It was. I mean, it was crazy. They had massage room set up. It it was literally just hey, heat. What, what's that? What year it was this? God, I know this would have been probably 12 years, 15 years ago, Werner. Something yeah, like mid, mid 2000s, probably. Yeah. Most likely. Like 2004, no, or something like that. Yeah. Like, like Shane said, there, there was pro athletes walking around there. Um, all the F1 drivers were there. They had yeah. like F1 cars on the property. Lot, was, lots of uh, Hollywood celebrities like Michael Douglas, Catherine Zeta Jones, um, tons of people like that. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was over the top. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was pretty neat. So yeah, that would definitely classify as one of the craziest parties I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard of. So yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. I mean, and then to me, some of the best times I've had in the industry have not even been staged events like that. Like mm -hmm. I can remember <clears throat> during the Flames Cup run in, was it 04, 05? I can't remember which yeah, year they 04. were. But uh, Kaylee's at the time had uh, this industry night on Mondays that was just insane. It was like, you know, jammed every night. And it just so happened that during that cup run, the flames seemed to clinch every series on a Monday night. <clears throat> so round one, I remember getting a phone call from a uh, Rhett Warner. He was like, listen, we just beat Vancouver. We're on the tarmac. We'll be there in like an hour. And, <clears throat> you know, getting there after last call. But we had the uh, Banshee Room at Kaylee's, which has got a, a, a legend in its own right. Uh, there were rumors at one point that I had a camera in there, which I did for security reasons. But people thought I, I filmed what went on in there and posted it onto a website that you could actually log into and see what was going on in there. It was one of the urban legends of Penny Lane at the time. I remember yeah. beating the shit out of a car with a baseball bat. Yeah, um, yeah. We used to do that. We used to, uh, I used to buy cars from, uh, from the junkyard and have them delivered to the, the front door of the bar. And then I'd hire an artist and we'd paint the cars in the opposing team's colors, mm -hmm. put their logo on it. And, and then we'd raise, raise money for charity uh, by smashing the car. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, that was a, that cup run was a special time in Calgary for sure because we oh, hadn't yeah. really had anything to celebrate sports wise in, a, in quite some time. I mean, the odd Stampeder victory here or there, but yeah, it was the city really embraced it. And it really took off. It was pretty crazy. So speaking of NHL, Shane, you've got a unique relationship with a lot of NHL teams and players. Yeah, um, you're always the guy they call for hookups to get into places, whether it be here or quite literally around the world. Yeah, uh, you'll get calls with, "Hey, we're in this city. Can you hook us up?" Yeah. Um, how did that start? And also why the Oilers, man? Come on. Well, so I'll tell you what. So, so how it started was, I think I've got a, a weird situation where a grade below me and a grade above me in my high school, I've probably got about 15 or 20 guys that I know quite well that all played NHL hockey. And so, I mean, we can, uh, I can remember like, you know, just going so they would play it. Robbie DeMille played in Tampa Bay. So their first year, about eight of us went there and spent a week or two there. And, and, you know, just being in the industry, like Earlston Palace used to be the Flames hangout in the day, you know, when I was there and you just get to meet the opposing teams. And, and then I've got some players and, and uh, broadcasters that I've still maintained close contact with. And so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I think I recall reading in sports illustrated that, that, 
two favorite cities to travel to were Montreal, obviously, for the bars and the women there, and then Calgary because of Cowboys and Kayleys and Penny Lane. And so, yeah, just over over time, I've I've sort of gotten to meet a lot of guys and uh, stayed in contact. And I travel fair. I mean, I'm down in LA a lot, and and so I'll see guys traveling down there, and uh, I've just maintained some close contacts. Then, you know, over the last six or seven years, running the uh, Sky Suites up in in the tent at Cowboys that's sort of where they all want to be. They don't want to be down in the, in the, in the masses with everyone else. <clears throat> and so, you know, we've thrown stags up there for Drew Doughty and, you know, carry prices. And it, it gets to the point now where I jokingly, some of these young kids that come in and try and, you know, bum rush their way in, say, listen, unless you're on a one-way contract, you can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> and actually a funny story I've got is, is my, I mentioned my friend Rob DeMaio, who's actually the director of player personnel for the uh, St. Louis Blues now. And a couple of years ago, this young kid was really giving a doorman greet. And so he started chirping at me too. He didn't know who I was. <clears throat> and I said, oh, well, where do you play? And he goes, oh, I'm with St. Louis. So I quickly Googled him and he was a draft pick, played in the minors the year before. And I said, well, listen, I'm actually really good friends with Rob DeMaio. So I'm going to call him right now and tell him what a jerk you're being. And as soon as I mentioned that, he went like white as a sheet and was like, literally, oh, please, I don't have to get up. I'm okay. Like he literally changed his tune instantly. Right. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, the th thing I like about what the, I think part of the reason why the sports figures and NHL guys and that like Cowboys and the tent and Penny Lane in its day was we sort of gave them the ability to be anonymous. You know, we sort of would give them a section, keep some dormant around. They weren't getting mobbed by the fans. I mean, you guys do mm -hmm. that after the games now too. currently Austin, I know. Yeah. And they just feel safe there. I want to know what, like where your love for Rosé comes from. Well, to be honest, I don't even really love Rosé, or I do now, but I didn't at all. It, it, it totally stems from Dave Renner's stag, where I was down there with a bunch of guys, and I took a picture with uh, Mike Joseph, who used to be one of the other partners in Penny Lane, and a friend of ours, Crystal Shantz, who owns a bunch of restaurants and bars up in Edmonton. And we were at a, a beachside bar. I think it was, uh, I can't even remember the name of it now, but anyways, having a bottle of Rosé. And so I posted it online. And just sort of said rose all day with the boys or something like that and uh, scarlet lee uh chastised me called me names and just you know berated me about it so i figured well it must bother her enough that i should probably keep doing it so from that moment on i've literally posted every time i post a glass of rose i tag her in it and it got to the point where her grandparents thought her and i were dating and like traveling <laughs> together all the time they were like well Scarlett's always going to LA with Shane and they're like no she doesn't and what's funny is she's never in any of the pictures there's a couple that she's been in but yeah so I did it mostly just out of spite sort of like Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm at opening a spite store well I, I was a spite rosé drinker just to piss her off but since then I have acquired uh, a love for rosé so yeah I, I always keep a few cases on hand here at the house so are you a sponsor yet for any rosé? Not yet, but I should look into that. I should, I really mean, bad. especially with my daughter's background, she should be able to get me a couple of sponsorship deals pretty quickly, I would think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So take your age out of the equation, like rosé or red. Oh, rosé for sure. I mean, I went through, I would drink, I can remember drinking like literally a case of rev a night sometimes, like over the course of a long night. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised I don't have gout or diabetes uh, from that. Like it was, yeah, it was pretty gross. When we opened our, our first uh, Kaylee's in Vancouver, and what's really funny, Dave, you'll attest to this too, is that Rev is pretty much an Alberta thing. Like, like it's not popular in BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, anywhere like that, that I've seen at least. 
And so the rev rep would be like, Hey, I, I see you're out in Vancouver last week. I'm like, well, how did you know? I didn't see you out there. He goes, no, I checked the numbers and they went through four cases of rev in the week you were out there. And he goes, every other week they go through four bottles. I'm like, okay, that's fair enough, I guess. So, but yeah, I would definitely, I'm a rosé guy now for sure. Love your rosé. Yeah. I, I, I know you are close with your daughter. Yeah. You get to Piotel Lake because that's where she lives. Yes. Um, but like, what is it like watching her succeed? Cause she's. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, she's, she's living a life that's sort of not normal for a, a child her age, you know? I mean, like she spent a couple weeks during quarantine with Bruce and uh, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore at their place out in Idaho. Cause she's friends with their daughters, rumor and Tallulah and scout. And, you know, like, she'll call me all the time. I, I'll never forget this one time she called me and said, I said, what did you do last night? She said, oh, I went to a party in the Hollywood Hills. And I'm like, okay. And, and she doesn't drink at all, which is great. So I don't have to worry about that. And I go, well, what'd you do? She goes, well, I was playing beer pong with uh, Selena Gomez and James Franco. And I'm like, oh, okay, no big deal. And, and she's the least starstruck person in the world. Like she, she has to calm me down when we go meet people that she knows or something like that, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, she's doing really well. And I mean, the fact that she's in LA, I've always told people if she was being successful in Brandon, Manitoba, no offense to the girls that worked at Penny Lane, but I probably wouldn't be going to, to Brandon two times a month, you know, so. <laughs> No. but yeah LA's LA's a great town now Shane you've you've met a ton of celebs whether it be in LA or here at Calgary or or at events around the world yeah um are do you have any encounters that stand out to you stand out to me god in terms of celebrities um funny is sometimes the bigger the star and and you might attest to this too guys because you guys do a lot of celebrity events at, at Cowboys and stuff like that is sometimes the bigger the star the nicer the person it's when you get that rat from the bachelorette that's been on TV for two episodes that thinks she owns the place that comes in, you know, being a total bitch to everyone. Those are the ones that, that are, 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 you know, don't deserve the celebrity or don't deserve the, 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 the focus on. Yeah. Um, so I know with you, anywhere that I've ever traveled, when yeah. you find out I'm traveling there, you have, you know, 20, 30 suggestions for me on places to go for restaurants, yeah. bars to go to, clubs to go to, all that kind of stuff. Are you going to write a guidebook at some point? Well, it's funny. I, I, I've got like literally, <laughs> I mean, and there's more cities that, that I go to often than, than others, but you know, like I've done them, obviously LA for sure, Cabo, Nashville, Montreal, Toronto. I mean, I, I, I enjoy that. I mean, in all honesty, I do that. It's labor of love for me because I, I would want to have that kind of sort of guide or recommendation to me than than going and feeling out and next thing you know you can't get into the good restaurant because you didn't know where it was and you're eating it at Chili's or something um yeah I mean it's funny I've got a lot of people that sort of as you mentioned I've got other people that have heard from someone else that oh I heard you've got great recommendations for this city or that city right so yeah I enjoy doing it and uh it's you know for me it's fun because you know when I'm in those cities I like to sort of go out and explore too and if I can save someone the the hassle of going to a shitty restaurant or a shitty bar and send them to something that they would have a lot more fun at then then you know i feel good about that right so can i can i name your guidebook i just i want to call it semen is everywhere <laughs> oh i like that God. title a little double on <laughs> i think that's a great idea austin semen is everywhere how like, so, did people make fun of your last name growing up i used you know what it, up until like junior high was tough but it uh, was because obviously, you know, guys are just fucking figuring out what semen is at that point. Oh. So my nickname in, in junior high was sperm. Um, the guys would call me that. But I, after that, once it, after I got, you know, past high school, yeah, not really. Yeah.
If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to give us a like or favorite and a five-star review on your favorite streaming platform. It helps us out a ton and gives us better access to producing more great podcasts for our listeners. While you're at it, make sure to check out our Instagram, at Last Call Confessions, and give us a follow for all the up-to-date info on the podcasts. So once COVID is over and travel is back and everything like that, where would you recommend our listeners go if they're looking for a good good time? I know you've got lots of suggestions, and I think there's lots of people that would love to are, hear Are you now. saying like outside of Calgary, Austin? Outside of Calgary, yeah. We're talking like places to party, uh, yeah. places that are just that you would recommend as if you're going to travel right away. Where well, I, I, just got, I just got back from Cabo, and Cabo has really grown on me in the last three or four years because it, it offers the opportunity to do, do whatever you want. Meaning if you just want to lay by the pool and go for some nice restaurant meals, you can do that. But if you want to go for some nightlife and some, you know, a little more fun than that, it offers that as well too. Plus the weather's great, lots to do outside of just eating and drinking as well. So, I mean, Cabo has always been, been a favorite of mine, but in the last three or four years, it's really grown on me a lot more. I mean, obviously LA, uh, and again, it's funny when you talk about my guide, whenever I send that information to people, they're always like, well, hold on. You didn't say go to Hollywood Boulevard or go to Universal Studios. And, you know, when I give people suggestions, I try and give them for me, at least when I travel, I don't want to go to the senior frogs in Puerto Vallarta. I want to go mm-hmm. to the little dive bar around the corner where the locals drink and eat and that sort of stuff. Right. So whenever I offer advice on where to go in cities, it's usually not the chain type sort of typical touristy things. It's more sort of the, the hidden gems or the things that the locals would do if they were going out. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, cattle for sure. LA. I mean, the one thing that I, I think people have found during COVID too, is that there's a lot to do in Canada. Like, you know, I spent more time in BC out on the Island in in the Okanagan. I got to see a lot of places that I hadn't been in the, in, a, in some time. So you know, that being said, I think, you know, Montreal and to a, a greater extent, even Quebec City has got some great nightlife, lots of history and tons of great, great things to do. So, you know, I think that's one thing that COVID has done is the Canadians have learned to sort of enjoy their country again, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, you look, I mean, every broad is hiking. I've, I've seen more hiking posts in, in my life. You, you'd think every broad was an outdoors woman now, right? Like, you know, hiking boot sales went off the charts. I have hiked once. The, the, enti- the entire province has been skating at Gap Lake, taking a picture at Lake Louise, you know, but it's good because people are getting out and enjoying. I think we take for granted here, especially in Calgary, how much nature and how much beauty there is within a half hour, 45 minute drive, mm-hmm. you know, so, but yeah, I would say cattle for sure. Um, another one that I, that I've been to in the last couple of years, a, a few times is Nashville. Dave's been there as well. And I think Nashville's a great city. You've been there as well, Austin. I mean, very similar to Calgary. Yeah. People are great. Lots to do. I mean, Broadway, of course, but there's more than just that. And uh, yeah, those would probably be three or four of my my go-to locales that, you know, like I said, I was fortunate enough to get away and, and spend a bit of time in Cabo over the holidays. Um, but uh, yeah, those will be places that I'll probably definitely be going once the once the COVID finally ends. Shane, back to, back to Nashville. You brought up Nashville. You and I went to a strip club. I believe it was BYOB. Yeah. So yeah. So Dave and I had a great night. We were there with about four or five or six other guys. And, and sadly, Dave and I were the two young bucks. Everyone else is older than us. And uh, so one night we sort of took off on our own on a, on a rickshaw and went away from Broadway and down to the sort of this other sort of bar type area. And we went to go into the liquor or went to go into the, the, the strip club. And they're like, 
yeah, you got to bring your own booze in. And we're like, what? So you literally, they had a liquor store right beside. You could go buy a two six of your own booze mm-hmm. and then take it into the, the strip club to, to drink. I don't know. I, I just remember that night I had to arm wrestle the bartender yes. somewhere. Somewhere and, I arm wrestled the bartender. Won, but not, not convincingly. This girl had some pipes on her. Let me tell you, she was a big girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but maybe maybe we can segue, I think, into the next morning in Nashville, Barry's Boot Camp. Oh, yeah. So here we are. We're four Canadians, uh, you know, in Nashville, and, and somebody was an eager beaver to go try out Barry's Boot Camp. They'd heard about it. it it's been growing across the U.S. and now just recently in Canada. I believe they're in, in Toronto here in, uh, in Calgary now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we go to, we book, you know, four spots at Barry's Boot Camp. What happened when we got there, Shane? Well, I was still a little under the weather from the night before. And so we literally were getting ready. Everyone's warming up. Took one step on the treadmill, <clears throat> looked at everyone and said, not going to do it. And just literally walked out as the class was starting and went right back to the hotel and uh, got a much needed nap in. Yeah, I couldn't do it. There was no way I was going to last at all. Oh, wow. It was hilarious. So the, Shane literally got on the treadmill. We, we, he's not lying. He was probably 15 seconds into the treadmill in the workout. Yeah. And he just, he walked out. Yeah, <laughs> it was classic, classic yeah. Shane Seaman. I know. Shane, Cowboys Music Festival, you've been running the bottle service there for a few years now. Yeah. How did that come about for you? And what is it that you love about that bottle service and being upstairs? Because it's, it's kind of become <laughs> well, so a home. How, how it all happened was when Cowboys moved to that new location on the Stampede Grounds. And I can't remember who was the GM at the time. It might have been Jordan Thompson. Regardless, mm-hmm. whoever it was was a fairly new GM. Dave can speak to this better. I think it was Jordan Thompson, JT. But Paul approached me and, and sort of said, hey, listen, would you maybe come and help out on the Friday, Saturdays? Just, you know, you know, we could use another body, someone that knows all the you know, knows the police, knows the fire marshals, knows the, 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 that sort of stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And, and that was about a month prior to the stampede. And then over the next couple of weeks, it started to be, okay, can you come Thursday, Friday, Saturday? And then finally about two weeks out, he's like, can you just come the whole time? I'm like, okay, sure. So <clears throat> the first year or two, I was just sort of roaming around, helping out. And then after that, uh, yeah, I think they, they approached, who was the first couple of years of bottle service? Was Johnny Can, I think, Dave? Yeah, it might have been Johnny. I think. But anyways, after a year, after the first year, I think, they just said, hey, listen, you know all of corporate Cal- Calgary from your, your days at Kaylee's, et cetera, like that. And, and, and I mean, up there, you don't, you're not really getting the 18 to 21-year-olds booking no. a, a bottle service suite. So I had the connections, and yeah, and I started doing it. And I mean, to be honest, it, it touches back to what I said about part of the, the, the great things that I've experienced in Calgary in terms of the, the venues like Tin Palace and Kaylee's and all that. It goes back to the people, is that, you know, <clears throat> ever since I sold out of uh, Kaylee's with MJ and Paul, that, you know, it's fun to come and spend a week or 10 days with Dave, Scarlett, you guys. And, and, you know, I, I do it more for the people than, than for the, the, the rest of the stuff. It's all secondary. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and probably I'd be down there five or six nights out of the 10 myself anyway. So I might as well be there being productive and doing something, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that sort of now, I mean, people know if they want to get up there, I'm eventually going to get some t-shirts that say, no, I have no wristbands and just wear those around the whole time. Cause you, I get inundated. I mean, and you guys will all speak to this too. The first Friday stampede, literally probably 200 texts, emails, voicemails, et cetera, oh, right. Yeah. Of people that you either haven't seen in 20 years or that you see too much or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's sort of like why I like doing the, the Shane's guide to cities is I enjoy doing things like that, hosting, you know, making people have a good time. And, 
it's it's a little easier to do up in the sky suites than it is in the lower part of the tent because you've got a, a controlled environment you've got a limited number of people so you can really spend a bit of time going around and, and and actually chatting people up and and making sure they're having a great time so that's i mean the people for sure is the number one reason why i do it and and it's just it's it's a fun 10 days well shane i just want to say thank you so much for your time today uh for sitting down sharing some stories filling us in on the way the industry used to be uh as well as some of those crazy parties that you've attended uh we really appreciate it um, for anyone that's uh, looking for that best pizza in town, make sure you check out Philo's. Uh, it is an amazing restaurant. And uh, again, Shane, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. So when do we take our shirts off? Thanks for listening to this episode of Last Call Confessions. It would mean the world to us if you could make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform, as well as give our Instagram page, at Last Call Confessions, a follow don't forget, if you have a great party story you know we need to hear, make sure to DM us for the chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode.